Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. Today, Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, I wish you the happiest of Dutch American friendship days. One quick tip for you as you get going today before I intro our special guest. When your wife slaves away making dinner for about an hour, don't come back to her and tell you that it smells like Doritos, nacho cheese, chips. She will not appreciate it. Pro tip for you as you're getting your day going today. Today, special guest, it's Quadrian Banks, the head of basketball strength and conditioning or basketball strength and conditioning coach, however you want to intro him, at the Ohio State University coming up here on six years. Q, you've got a resume. We'll put it that way. You have (laughs) worked with the Colts. You've worked with the Eagles in the NFL. You also served with Chris Holtman at Gardner-Webb, a graduate from Texas, and you're also named a master strength and conditioning coach by the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association. That's a mouthful. Welcome, Q, to the show. How are we feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. You know, just uh, ready to attack this, uh, this Wednesday, man. That's what we like to hear. That that's that's <laughs> always the mindset to have is attack every day. Q, I want to start this question with one of the most deep questions. Start this conversation, I should say, with one of mm-hmm. the most deep questions I've ever asked anyone. You're an expert Uh-oh. on strength and conditioning. So what is more important, strength or conditioning for your players? It's got to be strength, right? Like you have to have a base level of strength to kind of do the things on the floor that uh that we need to do Am I, is that a right answer i mean i mean you're i just introduced all your your credentials so one would assume that you're right <laughs> but i mean if you're built like a fridge and you can bench 400 is that really going to help yeah. you on the basketball court yeah i say it all the time i don't want bodybuilders but at the same time i mean if you're built like a pencil i mean that's going to be pretty tough to uh to go down there in the box and, and score a bucket in crunch time right like it, that's, that makes it kind of tough. Certainly. So when you're looking for players that you're, that you're looking to go after, do you have, do you, do you measure their, their waist and, and their shoulders and things like that and make sure that they're going to be thick enough for you? Because here, here's my take on the, on the scenario. I've, I've said this multiple times and, and fans of the pod know this. I called Ohio state probably three, four players could make it onto the all NCAA thick boys last year. I mean, you've got mm. it's likely he's thick Bruce Thornton. He's got some, some thickness in him as well. You go down yeah. the list of the guys on the roster. This yeah, is a, got guys with it. it's a dense <laughs> team. So when you're, when you're looking at players, are you looking for guys where you say, man, like, I mean, these, these guys are dense, thick players, or, or is that just a coincidence that has happened in, in the past yeah. couple of years? You know, I think it's a coincidence, but it's also the nature of the game right now, right? Like, you look at the Big Ten across the board, you know, there's not a lot of little guards. I mean, of course, the kid from uh, Michigan State, um, really good player. Uh, he's smaller in stature and size, but, I mean, quick as a, as lightning. But, you know, to go through a 32-game season, I mean, I want some guys that can that can kind of mix it up on a day-to-day basis and, uh, and, kind, of, and kind of have the robustness to do it, you know what I mean? So I, I, I embrace that part of it. Now, they do need to be in shape. Don't get me wrong. But I'll, I'll take a, a stronger body over a week one any day of the week. 
Absolutely. And and for those listening at home, the player he's speaking of at Michigan State is, of course, Stephen Izzo. Let's get into it, Q, in terms <laughs> of like some legitimate questions here. You've done a lot since your arrival in Columbus, Ohio at The Ohio State University. It's clear the the athleticism, the conditioning, the overall build of players since you arrived at Ohio State, which wasn't necessarily a, a strong suit for the basketball program when you you look back five, 10 years ago, right? So Holtman brings you in. Take me through what were the main objectives? What was one, two, three big things that you knew you wanted to accomplish when you first arrived at Ohio State? Yeah, I think the, the first thing was, you know, I talked to Holt when he was at Butler. Um, and I think that's kind of where this not started, but kind of took shape of me being here is they played North Carolina, I think in Memphis, in a, it might've been Sweet 16 game. And uh, North Carolina just punished them, right? Just physically punished, punished Butler. You know, I, I'm, I'm talking with him. And he's kind of, you know, what do you think? And what'd you see? I was like, you know, it was men against boys out there. You know, it just didn't have the physicality to line up with like a blue blood like that. And um, I think as our conversations kind of progressed, you know, over the next months and years, it was one of those things where I think he knew that he wanted to build a team that kind of looked like that team that kind of pushed the other team around. Um, and I could help him play a part of that. So I think that's that's one thing that coming in, I knew that we wanted to be a physical brand of basketball. That's that's whole style. He likes to just, you know, wear you down, you know, over the course of, of a season, like we're playing our best ball come February and uh, we need to have the physicality to be able to do it. So just to instill that with the guys that we had coming in, that was probably my my priority goal. Um, then I wanted to get to know the guys. Like I sat down with Kata, I sat down with JT, and I said, hey, look, man, what do you want this thing to look like? Um, and of course they had NBA aspirations, but they also wanted to win. They're like, coach, we just want to win. You know, coming off a season where they didn't go to the tournament, um, the staff turnover and all that, they were just like, you know, JT was just like, coach, I don't want to have surgery again. I feel like I've had surgery every year since I've been here. You know, however you can help me with that. And then coach, I want to win. Like, so whatever it looks like, whatever you need us to do, I'll champion it and let's roll. So when you have a guy like JT that's fully bought in from day one, it made it really, really easy. So I told him, look, it's going to be body composition. It's going to be a lot of conditioning, but because, you know, JT is a naturally strong, just ox, right? Um, his training looked a lot different than Kata's, but they both jumped in 10 toes and, and we went to work from that first day. So going from, from day one to now day going on, I don't know, <laughs> 1500, 2000, whatever it is. Right. How have you seen the program change? How have you seen even your day to day, right? Like you're, you're now getting opportunities that I'm sure you didn't get in day one. And now that you've been here for as long as you have and, and Chris Holtman has done the things that he has with the program. What are you seeing in terms of changes or differences that this Buckeye basketball program is maybe experiencing now as compared to five years ago? You know, that's a great question. I, uh, I don't want to give the boring answer, but you know what? It's the day-to-day, -day, you know, with, with my job, it's kind of boring. You know what I mean? Like the guys come in and we train. I try to form relationships with them. Um, we, we really turn over rocks to find out what guys need and, and really capitalize on that to the best of our ability. But 
Not a lot, Tim. Not a lot has changed. You know, there's been more exposure, of course, with NIL and recruiting. And I'm probably doing a lot more of the recruiting space now than I was day one. Um, because I just think that's that's important. Like guys need to know how they're going to develop. And that's that's a key piece that incoming recruits and transfers want to know is like, okay, what does development look like? Not just on the basketball court, but also physically. Um, you know, the incorporation of sports psychology, uh, our sport nutritionist plays a bigger role than probably it did six years ago. Um, there's a there's a lot of little things, but as far as my day to day, it's it's show up early and you know take care of whatever's in front of me. So you mentioned, I I think one one really underrated part of of the the sports training conditioning strength world that it, it seems like it's getting more attention these days is. Number one, the psychology behind it and the mindfulness. Mm. And the other is the nutrition. How much yep. do you, how much of a role do you play with the players in terms of any kind of like even mental coaching? How much are you helping them day to day with, hey, here, here's what you should be eating. Here's what you should stay away from. Things like that. Yeah, yeah that's a great question too. I think uh, the mental part of it, I just try to be the example of – what I want them, what I want it to look like. Like I try to present opportunities for them to grow in that mental space. Um, there's, you're going to be tired. Your coach is going to be jumping your ass about something. Um, sorry, can I say ass? I'm sorry, but <laughs> go you know, for it. <laughs> you know, but can you maintain kind of a calm head and an equilibrium so you can still execute your task? You know what I mean? Like you're going to have fans yelling good things and bad things. You're going to have your parents. You're going to have your, your girl, like whatever. Um, can you manage all of that and still take care of business? You know, I'm thinking, you know, the guys have so much on their plate now with social media, NIL, like it's just really conversation and trying to give them tools and re resources to kind of manage all of that. I think that's kind of what that looks like. Um, you know, we've had great, great sports psychologists working with our team. Um, so, and that's a resource that they always have available. Um, and not just for if something goes wrong, but also to give them kind of a performance, a mental performance edge. Like, you know, they go through the mindfulness and the how to get yourself in a zone uh, mentally. So I think that's that's been a great resource for our guys. With uh, nutrition, again, we've had great nutritionists um, in my past six years here, and they do a great job of actively coaching nutrition, you know, telling the guys what to eat, what not to eat, how to fix a plate, how to cook. Um, our nutritionists have taken guys to the grocery store to make sure that they're buying the right types of things. We have smoothie making contests. I mean, all kinds of stuff to make sure that these guys are engaged and they understand how important it is to, to fuel their bodies the right way. I've seen some of these, these videos on the internet of the gainer shakes specifically. So are you, are you coaching your players to dump like five pounds of vegetable oil or olive oil into their smoothies in order to get the calories that they need? I'm hoping that's a no. Yeah, that's a big no. Uh, again, I'd let our nutritionists kind of take the wheel on that one, but I'm pretty sure dumping vegetable oil in our smoothies didn't make the, didn't make the cut. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when your players are bulking, they're, they're not dumping oil into their, their smoothies. That's good to know. I've seen it done. Doesn't seem like the best is that, idea. Is that, how you, is that how you get after it? I mean, 
you got a nice little physique over there. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like the, the issue, <laughs> the issue with this podcast is that people can't see how built I am. That, that's, oh, that's okay. a problem. You can see it Q, but obviously the listeners can't No, I, I of course do not put oils into my smoothies in order to, uh, to get big. Um, I just, just give me some protein powder, some milk and some fruit. And that's, it's that simple for me. It's working uh, out well for you. I like what you're doing over there. Hey, appreciate yeah. it. I, I, I didn't I didn't have you on to to compliment my physique, but I'm certainly not going to turn it away. If there's anything else, honestly, look, here's the thing. When you have the presence of someone like this on the show, it's always nice to see what kind of tips can you get. So Q, tell um, tell listeners as well, like, is this push pull leg day or are those splits? Is that good? Is that bad? What do you what do you recommend? What should someone in the gym right now, if they're trying to get a little big, what what should they be doing? If they're trying to get a little big, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go push, push push pull legs is a good way to go about it. You know, pizza at ten o'clock at night, maybe a, you know, something like that. Uh, a couple, uh, Chick Fil A cookies and cream shakes. You know, we can just bulk up. You know, rock out, go for it. I'm joking. That's, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't. Do- <laughs> That's good stuff. I mean, who would have thought we'd be here? Um, look, the issue is that I, I live in, in the middle of nowhere, uh, a little bit outside of Columbus and, and there's no, the, the only, the, someone can come find me at this point if they wanted to, the only main franchises in my town are subway and the shell gas station. So okay. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll just have to make it myself at home and that's fine. It's cheaper for me. I'm too. a big fan of shell and our head coach loves subway. So, I mean, I think you're, you're good there. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah. We got we got that covered. Okay, so yeah, we're getting into a lot today. Obviously, for listeners wondering when this is going to go off the rails, typically with any conversation, with any uh, uh, guest, it will. Obviously, with Joe Gemma, we are talking – or no, that was Joey Lane. We were talking about if one Joey Lane could beat five Steven Izzos in, in a game of basketball. That's mm. a question that we may never see uh, unless we put it into 2K or something like that. Anyways – uh it can get off the the rails here but we do want to talk about some like some real things in terms of how this season went we also want to talk about the future specifically of course talking to your old cue but this season obviously the the previous season as we kind of put that to bed team 124 not the most impressive or exciting season from ohio state men's basketball it's no secret however the end of the year was very very promising we heard a lot on the outside in terms of what was going on in the locker room and a lack of leadership and a thing and things like that. And it was a very young team, a lot of newcomers. You kind of expect the season to go, maybe not fantastic, but you're going to hit some rough patches. How was it for you being in the locker room, being with the team and seeing the very, very low lows that you saw while also finishing the year on a high note? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I told the guys, like, look, we we took a lot of blows this year. You know what I mean? And we've been training probably for the last three weeks. You know, after after we gave them a little bit of a break, we got right back to work. And I told them, like, you know, now we're – we've taken our blows. Now let's get ready to deliver. You know what I mean? Like, this offseason, we're, we're attacking. Everything's going to be attack mode. We're not accepting anything. We're not, you know – you know, getting ready to, to take another hard season. Like, no, we're winning games. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting this bad taste out of our mouth and – we're training with a high level of edge and urgency um, to get ready for that. So I think guys understand, you know, what this is going to look like at this point. Um, every day there's going to be a, a something that takes them to the brink and we're going to toe that line. Um, but 
yeah, man, like last last season, I'm still not quite over it. And you can ask any of the players when they see me, they're like, yeah, he's probably taking it a little bit personal because I don't like losing. I don't like the manner in which we lost. You know, yeah, we finished the season uh, better than than what we were showing earlier. But, um, you know, that's not enough. You know, I, I want to I want to put some trophies up on some banners up. You know what I mean? That's what that's what we came here to do. Yeah. And I want to continue that conversation in a second, talking about what next year looks like in terms of not necessarily roster makeup, but things that Ohio state is doing to be planning for next year and, and have success. I want to talk about previous players and even players that, that are currently on the roster right now. When I think back to what could potentially be the poster child of your six years so far at Ohio state, it's EJ Liddell, a player who year over year, you saw him grow in athleticism and explosiveness in his conditioning and stamina, his strength, all of those things year over year. It was so clear how much better he got. Is EJ Liddell the player that you think of that comes to mind for you where you're like, man, like I crushed it with that guy. Or are there any other players where you're like, man, I, like I'm really, really proud of what we're able to do with that player at Ohio State. Yeah, you know, like EJ, of course, is the one that people kind of look to like, wow, you did a really great job with him. But I tell you what, for every EJ Liddell, there's a Harrison Hookfin that came in, that walk on, never saw the floor. And I'll tell you what, Harrison came in looking like the Michelin man. You know what I mean? He couldn't jump. He couldn't run. He had like three chins. And I actually told the guy that brought him in, I'm like, you're this kid hurt. This basketball, you're bringing in a kid that doesn't belong. And uh, and I'll tell you what, you know, guys just come in, they go to work every day, and you see their bodies develop. Um, and that's really a big reason why I left the NFL to come to this level is you get the long-term I guess, satisfaction, for lack of a better term, of watching people develop, mature over the course of three, four years, five, you know, eight years if you're Kyle Young. You know, it's been great to kind of see those guys kind of go through it and and really grow. But, yeah, EJ did a great job. You know, he he dropped his body fat. He got stronger. He got a lot tougher. Um, I think that was a big, a big piece of his success is, like, mentally he started to lean into hard things and accept challenges and and deliver you know what I mean everybody knew he was talented it's not like he was a bum coming out of high school um but he really just he, he really developed himself to the player that he became yeah and when you're working with players do you approach these players differently with them being in college 18 year old 17 19 year old coming in compared to the NFL where those guys you hope to maybe add five, 10 pounds uh, on a player and, and be able to keep them performing physically the way that they did when they were carrying less weight, or maybe they're dropping a few pounds and hoping they can conform the same way, right? In college, you yeah. probably have a little bit more flexibility with these players. How does that differ? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great question. You know, and, and the, at the league level, you're really managing, right? You're managing guys and their wives and their, and they're off the court, off the field issues. And, you know, everybody's coming from the best of the best collegiate strength and conditioning programs. And I prefer to do this. And, you know, Andrew Luck came from Stanford and he had a great, you know, like Billy club routine that he would do for shoulder health. Um, and that's something that I had to learn and kind of talk through with him. Like he was like, you know, I really like this. Is, this is what works good for me. You know, when you get kids coming in from the high school level, they don't quite have that conviction behind their training philosophies. So you can kind of develop and mold and kind of educate and teach them, give them tools on what may work for them. 
um, over the course of, you know, a lot of, a lot of years doing this, you can, you can have a lot of tools to present to guys. Not everybody's the same, you know what I mean? So if EJ Liddell hated deadlifting, I'm not going to force that square peg into a round hole. You know what I mean? We'll find another method to get your legs stronger. You know, if Malachi Branham hates bench pressing, well, I'm not going to force Malachi to bench press all day long because what, what good is that serving? Like the kid is a bucket on the floor. Let's get him, let's get him stronger in other areas and have him have a good experience in here. So he wants to train. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of it is like you give everybody the tools that they need. Everybody looks a little bit differently when they come in and they have different goals. You mentioned a few players there. I think the player top of mind when it comes to strength and conditioning for Ohio State fans right now is Felix Akpara. He's a player who mm. Holtman has mentioned. We need to get some more muscle on him. What are you doing with Felix Akpara? What should the expectations be for him next season? Because he's shown some some growth and explosiveness, even yeah. from game one to game 30, whatever it was last year. So what are you doing with him? What should the expectation be for him next year? You know, really excited about Felix and because he's a worker, right? His favorite player is Giannis. And um, he he will literally say, would Giannis do this? Like, as, as he's training and, and his approach and, you know, to have a, a kid that's that focused, um, it's been really, really great. You know, he's he's up to 230. You know, Felix is looking great. He's feeling good. Um, I'm excited about what he can become because um, he's clearly an elite level athlete. Um, the kid can jump out of the gym. He can cover ground, run like a deer. Um, and that's really our charge is get him stronger, you know, let him play with leverage so he can push some people around come fall and winter. And every time he comes in, that's our folk, our focus in charge. It's like, okay, what are we doing today? You know, if it's lower body, if it's upper body, if it's your push or pull or legs, you know, we, um, we attack those things with intention. Like, Hey, this is not just lifting the lift or training to train. We're, we're training for something. We're training to go push a guy out of the box, be a great second jumper and be able to play for 40 minutes. So Felix is one player top of mind. You share a lot there, but a lot of people, a lot of people slide in my DMs and say, Hey, I would love you to get some insight from this guy or that guy, because it's the off season and they're not doing anything. Well, yeah. in college basketball, <laughs> there, there really is no off season in college sports or at the pro no. level. So obviously you're working very hard with your players right now, whether it be in person or just advising them, what other players are you, most excited about heading into next season who who would you say maybe you're not working the closest with but essentially really working really really hard with a player on a, on a certain aspect of their body their strength conditioning any players like that come to mind yeah of course I think Felix of course is number one on our list because we know what you know we see the potential that he could be just being the rim protector and force in the middle he's been a priority but Bruce Thornton Bruce Thornton's done a great job trying to get in better shape, change his body. We're trying to get his body composition down a little bit, but you know, Bruce is built like a tank and sometimes that's to his advantage. Like he can push other guards around, get to his spots, um, kind of fight through contact and, and those screens and stuff like that. Um, Roddy Gale, really excited about Roddy. He's really come around because he is a elite athlete. You know what I mean? But just getting Roddy kind of more robust and stronger so he can play higher minutes more consistently and that's really the name of the game with all of them, especially our younger guys, is how consistent can we be so you can do this thing day in and day out, you know, I mean, or stuff like that. 
Um, and of course, there's Zed, you know, getting Zed healthy. Um, but we're still working. I told Zed, it's just a shoulder. So we're working everything but the shoulder. Don't think that this is a, a vacation. And, and we're not. So we're doing legs pretty much every day with Zed in some way, shape, or fashion. He's like, Coach, my legs are going to be so strong. I'm like, yeah, you're not even thinking about that shoulder, are you? Like when we're going through this stuff. So, you know, we're, we're excited about those guys. Like I said, for the last three, three and a half weeks, we've been working every day. Um, and now with finals coming up, you know, they get a little bit of a break, a reprieve. They get to go home and kind of, <sighs> because June 5th is coming. They know June 5th, I turn back into a maniac. And it's for eight weeks of the summer, we, we get to it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I told them, enjoy the time, take care of your schoolwork and academics, um, finish strong in that regard. But physically, put yourself in a, in a position to be ready for June 5th. Because again, the freshmen come in and they're hungry and they want to do well and everything like that. But the guys that are currently here are the ones that are kind of going to take the lead and, and move us forward. Yeah, and you mentioned Zed Key. That's another player who's an interesting case. You've seen him develop year over year. Conditioning has been, I think, a big thing for him. And yeah. now he, he cannot really work the upper body with the shoulder. How do you handle a player like Zed or a player in general who has an injury, especially during the offseason where offseason surgeries happen more often than, than I think Buckeye fans are aware of. But when players mm. are, are having surgeries or just working on rehab, PT, things like that, how does their their offseason regimen change from a player who's fully healthy? Well, I'll tell you this. We have a great athletic trainer, team doc, physical therapist. Like our the resources that we have available here for those guys to kind of return to play, <clears throat> excuse me, come off an injury, they're top notch. You know, Brad Watson down in the training room does a great job um, kind of getting those guys healthy and right. And then, you know, we communicate on the daily basis. I call Brad my work wife. You know, we talk more than I do with my normal wife. Like it's, it's crazy. So we're in high levels of communication. He just texts me um, about some of our players and kind of working through a progression in May and what that looks like. But um, again, we trained everything but the injury in the weight room. So Brad, you know, kind of gives me the red lights and green lights. Hey, let's stay away from this movement or this body part. Everything else is in play. So that's up to me to kind of get creative. Like Zed's been on the echo bike, which is kind of like that, uh, the machine kind of that it's like a standard, uh, standardized bicycle, but you kind of move the arms with it and he moves one arm and two legs. Like I told him that one arm shoulder doesn't move, but everything else is working. And uh, <clears throat> it, it sucks. It's hell, but you know, he's doing interval training on that and trying to get in shape. Then, you know, we're getting more and more. So you know, we just got some clearance for maybe like a Versa climber and I'm waiting for the, the running and the jumping clearance and stuff like that. And we'll be good to go. You mentioned a lot in your conversation so far, and especially in that last answer where you're talking about how good the the program is and different teammates who you work with in general, yeah. that slightly feels like if some potential Ohio State basketball target were listening to this podcast, First of all, they should join the show. Second of all, <laughs> kind of sounds like a, a halfway recruiting pitch just in case. So I want to hear <laughs> how involved are you with recruiting? Number one, how are how involved are you in the evaluation process? I'm sure you're looking at players and you're kind of helping the the coaching staff who, who you're working with kind of evaluate. Is this a player who we think can put some some more muscle on or, or we can work with their body based on their their arm length or or, or their, yeah. their ankles and like crazy things like that right so 
How involved yeah. are you in the evaluation process of prospects? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm involved. I wouldn't say heavily. You know, of course, the basketball takes precedent. So the coaches, they're they're going to all these AAU tournaments and they're going home visits and talking to coaches and um, all, you know, the families and all of that. They're on the phone late at night, early in the morning, talking to these recruits. I basically, once we get them on campus, I have, you know, I give them, they meet with me. We have a conversation about what, what it looks like to train here. But during the recruitment process, um, we watch, we all watch film. Like I'm up there with them and we're watching guys play and their highlights and their full games. And Q, what do you think about his body? And what do you think he could kind of develop into? Um, those are, those are definitely conversations that we have. You know, if it's a small body guard, how quick can he be? Um, if it's a big body, you know, forward, you know, what can he grow into? Like based on what we've seen or other players that we've faced, um, what, what does it look like? Can he compete in our league and, and kind of be an advance for us? Or is he a good fit according to what we have and what we need? One thing that Joe Gemma said in our conversation, he's, he's uh -oh. the Buckeye Twitter account. He's making the graphics, all these different things. Essentially, we came to the conclusion together. He didn't say it, but <laughs> I let us down the, the trail that said, He's essentially the reason why Ohio State gets any commitment whatsoever. Oh, oh, wow. What would you say, Q? Obviously, Joe is the head guy, right, in terms of recruiting. Yeah, Joe's the man. Everybody knows it. You know, the world knows Joe is Joe is that dude. Um, there's no there's no debating that. You know, that's that's what is it, gold check? That's blue, like that's verified. Everybody knows that. You you can't dispute <laughs> that part. But obviously, someone has to help support Joe, right? So how how about the recruiting process for you? How much do you communicate with specific prospects or what does your involvement look like specifically in the recruiting process of bringing guys to Columbus? Yeah, bringing them to Columbus, you know, I, again, I let the coaches kind of take the lead on that because they're the ones that really form those relationships. And if it's a guy that they know, Q, you're going to be integral in his development, I'll jump on the phone with them or have a Zoom and be able to answer questions like with the family and the kid. Um, and then a lot of times, you know, it's different. That's probably going back to your earlier question. Six years ago, there probably wasn't many recruits that had their own quote unquote guy that they trained with. Whereas now, you know, probably two out of 10, three out of 10 have their own trainer that they've been working with. You know, well, my guy says that I need to work more on this and I've been working on this with my guy. Um, so, the coaches put me in touch with the guy and then we kind of talk through, um, you know, what, what his development looks like kind of transitioning into Ohio state and <clears throat> things that they need to work on before they get on campus. And I think one important thing that we should talk about too, is when players are on campus, like you mentioned, the, mm -hmm. the preseason, there's a lot that goes on, but specifically what kind of test, what kind of training do you do with these players, benchmarks, things like that, before the season gets going where players have got to be at, at, at X or Y? What does that look like? Yeah, so we, we put a premium on body composition. So we want all of our players under 10% body fat, right? I think talking with scouts in the NBA and, and league executives, you know, that's kind of a good number to kind of base your team around. There's not a lot of guys invited to the NBA combine above 10%. If you just look across the board and over the past few years, maybe, you know, 
no more than five out of what the 70 that get invited. Um, so I think that's that's been a goal for us in changing kind of the culture of, you know, what we want our bodies to look like. Now, last year, like you said, we had some thick bodies, but we also had some really, really fit ones as well. Um, so it's just a matter of educating guys. And, you know, again, basketball takes precedence. So if a guy's 15 percent and he's an absolute bucket, um, then we're going to continue to work on his, you know, his body composition, his conditioning. But we're going to let him go do what he does at a high level and, and kind of give him the confidence to go do it. Um, and, you know, Tim, every time that guys get better and get fitter and get in better shape, they become better players. It's, just qu- it's crazy how that works. But, um, you know, so when they see a little bit of benefit and they see it kind of translate over to the court, you get that buy-in and that's when it really, it really takes shape. So you've got, you've got the bod pod, says Joey Lane. You've also got mile oh, yeah. Talk to yeah, me about so like some of those. <laughs> So I can't say the word mile around the players without them cringing. Like they literally wait, we're running a mile. Like what, what coach wants a mile. Like, do we got to run a mile? Um, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. But I'm sure if you talk to Joey, there's, there's plenty of things that we do that kind of make his bottom five list. Um, they absolutely detest going over to the shoe and running the stadium steps. Um, it's cause that's a hard day, right? They hate running miles. They hate, you know, we'll get on the row and we'll kind of have competitions on a concept two row or who can row the furthest, the fastest, you know, things that kind of take them and their heart rate to the limits that they didn't even know that they had. Um, but we have a lot of like conditioning type tests. Like we'll run a yo-yo test for conditioning. Um, that's an international test that we've kind of implemented in the last couple of years to see if, if guys can do repeated efforts up and down the floor uh, with limited rest, you know, who can run who can run and who can kind of recover and do it again and again and again. <clears throat> that, those are things that we kind of hang our hat on. And over the course of, you know, years, we've kind of compiled enough data to say, okay, we know that if they can run a mile in this time and do the yo-yo in this, and they can run 32 stadium steps within on the minute or on the 45 second that physically we have a, a pretty fit athlete. And then of course there's strength numbers that we look at as well you know, with bench press and squatting and, you know, relative body weight and how many chin-ups can you do and stuff like that, that we just hold guys accountable on and couple that with the body composition. I think we, that's how we kind of build out what our, what our team looks like physically. Would you consider yourself running these miles or, or worrying about your own body fat or, or putting up these lifts? You're probably, you probably have the best body composition out of anyone there. Uh, on the Ohio State, especially, Memphis, especially right? the staff. You know, our staff is, you know, they're Tim. They're pretty bad right now. Our our staff. You know, we're 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 trying to get them in testing and get them better with uh being you know more active. Uh, you know, Jack Owens comes to mind. Like, just got to get better. We got We got to really push the envelope. Um, with with our physical preparedness as a staff, and I think that bleeds over to the team. But um, no, I I, I try to do well for myself. Yeah, I've seen some videos. I mean, and and just obviously seeing you at games and stuff, right? Like you're you're a well built young man. Obviously, (laughs) are there are there any players on the team where you'd say like if I challenged you to this, I would beat you ten out of ten times? Yeah, I think um, you know I'd let the team answer that, but I don't know if there's too many of them that want to challenge me in anything, Um, whether I be a race or a conditioning or wrestling or. You know, we, we, we do a little bit of it all in here in these four walls in the weight room. So I think they kind of know where I stand is from, from a physical standpoint. I don't know if they want to, if they want to bark up that tree. So you're telling me 
one-on-one against any player on the roster, you're going to five, you're winning probably five, nothing, five to one, just about every time. Oh, on the basketball floor. No, no, absolutely not. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a very good basketball player. No, but physically we're talking physically, Tim. Yeah. We okay. Can, we can do okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the court, no, they would absolutely obliterate me. I'm five foot eight. Um, and, and 42 years old, bad athlete now. So it, yeah, it's, that wouldn't be pretty at all. <laughs> No, no, we're so, not doing that. I, I can appreciate <laughs> that the the humility comes out when it comes to being on the floor. But if it's if it's any kind of of lift or endurance training or anything like that, you're you're you'll you'll clean sweep all of them essentially. I feel I feel good about my chances. It would be it would be hard, I'm sure, for the players to be told by someone who's five eight, maybe two fifty body fat, just way higher than it needs to be telling them to go to go run stairs at the shoe so you got to practice what you preach no doubt no doubt like and that's you know honestly that's one thing that I do like I'll go run the stadium steps I'll go run um a shot lap you know how fast can you get around the building you know and if if I beat them in any of these things we got a problem I'm like guys the you know shot lap you got a minute 50 seconds to run around this building and I mean you're welcome to come try it Tim anybody that's listening can come try a shot lap you know, just stand by the Northwest doors and take a lap around. And when you get back to the Northwest doors, see if you can beat 150. And uh, we'd love to see it. There might be something there. Maybe maybe I'll head up here later this afternoon when I get done with the meetings that I have to do for my real job. And maybe I'll, I'll take a lap around the shot, see how fast I can do it. I, yeah, I, you got I my did... We'll bring in Joe. We'll get a camera. We'd make a video of it. We'll do the whole thing. The, the issue here is that I did already run this morning. So I might, oh, have to, okay. you know, I might have to push it off a couple of days. Let my, let me get my legs underneath me again. I mean, yeah, I ran probably good three miles today after doing leg day yesterday. So wow. uh, yeah, I mean, today's just not the best day, I guess. And also I have allergies <laughs> as well. Really, really bad allergies. Yeah. Uh, watch out for those. Those will get you. It's, it's springtime. So we'll, we'll do it at some point, but, but now yeah, it's let me, you got my line. Just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Q, I appreciate you being on the show today as do all our friends and family on the show. Uh, anything else you want to add, whether it be related to Ohio state basketball, running around the shot, um, any tips for me to continue to, uh, build my impeccable physique, anything at all that's that top of mind for you before we head on out of here. No, man, I appreciate you inviting me out. Um, I appreciate the listeners, and, and it's pretty cool, man. I, I'd love to come back sometime. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll have you back many times. Appreciate being on the show today, Q. It's been a fun one. I appreciate all the listeners giving us a look. This has been the Views from the Shot podcast. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go, <laughs> Go Bucks. <laughs>